the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. 800-345-5639. So the new Sarah Lee was uh, mentioned in Barron's. They're talking about how they're just cutting off some of their non-core businesses and how it's going to save them $100 million a year. And investors are about the bottom line. So why do investors like it when a company fires people? Walmart says they're going to cut some of their employees at Sam's Clubs. Walmart gets rewarded today. 10% of their employees at Sam's Clubs, gone. The people that do demonstrations, gone. So Wall Street digs that because labor's a big expense. So when Sarah Lee says they're going to save $100 million, you can see that stock jump 40% in the next year because of the 13 PE going to a market PE of 16. So you kind of get the idea. So I read Barron's because it gives me good ideas. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Uh-oh, Megan sent me two more texts. She goes, I have a question for you. You just said people shouldn't buy stocks, but you're telling Francis to put his cash into funds. I'm not telling him to put into funds. I'm saying index funds. So index funds are the way to go for average people. For people like me who do this 12, 14 hours a day, I love stocks. Let's go to Tony Mendez. Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. How are you, Tony? I'm doing well. Thanks, Rob. So good to hear from you. And you as well. And also to you. Let's pretend we're at a Catholic church. Get down on your knees, stand up, have a cracker. It's actually the body of Christ. Have a little sip of wine, blood of Christ. That's a tough sell, isn't it? Crackers yeah. and wine, blood of Christ, and body of Christ. Well, we watched a lot of football on Sunday instead, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I was over at your home, watched some football, watched Brett Favre choke. <laughs> so anyway, um, you are a mortgage person. What do you have for me, Tony? Well, we, you know, a lot of times we talk about some of the emails that, that uh, come through the, the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty generic, you know, but this is this first one that I have is, is pretty pretty standard in the Bay Area because a lot of people were buying homes with first and second loans. So, Tony, we have a first and second loan and want to refinance just the first loan. Can that be done? The answer to that is yes, and it's a lot easier to do now than it was last year. Last year, a lot of the lenders who had the sec- owned the second loans had reduced their, their guidelines down to about 70% combined loan-to-value, or CLTV. Now they've come back up quite a bit. So if you have a second loan and you want to keep it and just refinance the first, you have to do what they call a subordination. Essentially, the, the, the holder of the second note has to agree to stay in second position. If they do not, you have to refinance it or, or do nothing or pay it off. Okay. So, yes, the answer is, is, is yes. Yeah, subordinating a loan doesn't sound like anything fun. It's not. It, it's actually one of the – it's – oh, there goes my other phone. Sorry. It's you want to answer basically it? Doing, no. It's basically doing two loans. Uh, you, have to, you have to get approved on the first loan and then submit that approval to the, to the new second lender. 
or sorry, the old second lender to see if they will uh, subordinate based on the new approval. So it's two submissions and it's a pain in the butt. It's a little bit more costly. You have to go through the whole process and you have to have a backup plan. You have to know what you're going to do if it fails. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, about three different scenario comparisons that you need to sit down and really, really do. Now, one of the things that was hitting me with email, not email questions, but questions with the teachers conference that I did over the weekend mm-hmm. was poor credit. A lot of teachers come out of college or come out of college and they're teachers and, um, you know, they buy a home and they furnish the home or they buy new clothes or they're, you know, they're 20, 30 year old people and they buy clothes and they spend money and they tough job, tough economy, you know, $40,000 a year isn't a lot of money. When you start thinking about it, it's $30,000 after taxes. It's, you know, that doesn't come out to, you know, rent comes out to rent, you know, that's yeah. ultimately where they're at. So sometimes they get into credit card problems and I got a couple questions about, uh, can I buy a home with bad credit? Uh, you can, but it's a lot harder than it used to be. Uh, one of the first things that, that you should always do is get a copy of your credit report or, or have somebody uh, like a broker or a loan officer look at your credit to see exactly what is affecting your credit score. Uh, but it, the, really the only choice out there is, is FHA. And you can go to get away with some of the Fannie Mae products that are a little bit cheaper if you have some good trade lines. Trade lines are you know, any, any open accounts. And that brings up a good, uh, another good uh, topic, too, is if you have good credit and you have no trade lines and you're trying to buy a house for the first time, that can also be a stinger. So you have to have some trade lines. So it's always good to have some credit. But, um, you know, the, the low credit used to be subprime, and subprime's pretty much gone. Nice. So the, it's important to check your credit. That's the most important thing about a home loan nowadays is to make sure your credit score is good because that's a lot. It's, it's become quite a bit more difficult to get a home loan. Okay. So sounds good. People can find out more about loans and Tony by going to barryalonesource.com, barryalonesource.com. You and I will chat again about multi-level homes and some of the other issues in real estate, but let's keep it short and sweet. All right. So it's Tony Mendez, barryalonesource.com. He's someone I trust. I was watching football at his house, for Christ's sakes. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. And a little whiskey, too. A little whiskey. Go to Joanne in San Jose. Joanne? Yes, hi. Hi. So I have some stock in a pre-IPO company, and um, it, right now it's worth about a million dollars on the secondary market. And um, I'm wondering what to do with it, whether I should hold on to it, sell a portion of it. And someone also told me there's something called, I think they said it was an exchange fund. I'm not really certain what that is all about. Tell me a little bit more about the company, if you can. It's it's one of the big IPOs that everyone's waiting for. Okay. Why not wait, then? um, Are you pretty sure it's going to be a hit? That's what everyone says, but you know, nothing's yeah. always ever, you know, a sure thing. Joanne, if you're uncomfortable talking about it on air, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, and I'll give you some ideas. But there's some companies out there that you would be wise to hold on until they hit um, because you know that they're going to be big hits like Google, like Yahoo, like, uh, you know, some of the, the big IPOs. I don't want to tell you to sell pre-IPO because there's a pretty good chance Wall Street will do a really good job for you and they'll market the hell out of your company. That's what Wall Street does. They market the hell out of it, and they try to sell basically your company to the people in Iowa who've never heard of it. So I would likely wait. I would probably meet with a CFP and come up with a plan to start diversifying it into a trust or start figuring out the best ways that you're going to be able to sell off your shares so that they're tax efficient so that you don't hit tax um, 
issues, um, alternative minimum taxes. You want to manage it as best as you can. Well, but, I've already purchased the stock. Um, okay. So I'm going to have AMT for 09. So, um, so I would wait until I guess I've held it for a year for long term. Right. And that long term right now is still in effect, but President Obama could take that away from us, where long term capital gains could go from fifteen percent, you know, twenty percent, twenty three, twenty five, thirty, and that would be a massive change in your life. So I would really try to plan it tax efficiently as best as you can. Okay. So, um, but drop me an email and tell me a little bit more about the company, and I'll, I'll tell you what I would personally do. It, it's this isn't advice for the radio because. Honestly, if you have a home run on your hands, I'm going to say, Joanne, you're a wealthy young woman, and you just turned a million dollars into $2 million, and you just made a huge mistake selling it at a million, uh, getting you know, a big tax hit at 600000 So uh, I don't know what you have in your hands. I don't know your age. I don't know everything else, uh, but it sounds like you've got a good golden ticket, and if it's what I think it is, I think you'll do very well. Okay. So thanks right, for the I call. So, All right, bye. Yeah, thanks, John. And again, it's Rob at robblack.com. It's R-O-B at robblack.com. I don't typically do specific stock questions via email because I'm not allowed to. I don't know your age. I don't know your income. I don't know your assets. I don't know your liabilities. I don't know your time frame. But I can do some financial planning uh, on email. I can do that no problem and you know, give her some ideas on stock options and how I would go about this particular company at her particular age. And again, I don't know how old she was. She could have been 90 for all I know, but she sounded on the younger side. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. AT&T is probably going to lose their iPhone exclusivity on Wednesday. Wednesday is the day where Steve Jobs is going to come and tell us something cool. Basically, sources are saying that Apple is going to introduce a new tablet. We all know that, right? Some sort of dock or some sort of uh, technology for the TV? Probably not. But here's what's going to be interesting about it is AT&T is going to lose their iPhone exclusivity on the same day. It's not clear if another carrier is going to be stepping into it. There's a website out there that's basically saying that they've heard AT&T loses their grip on the iPhone. They'll be launching a bunch of new other smartphones with the new platforms in order to compensate. So you're going to hear a lot about Blackberries and Qualcomm products being sold at AT AT&T when they do lose this. The tablet will be interesting if it has a wireless component to it because a lot of people are thinking right now, it's going to be a, a more of a, a computer where you don't have to buy something with it. Whereas if you get a subscription model tied towards the, the product, i.e. a wireless you know, data plan, um, it could be another little you know, feather in the cap of Steve Jobs. Did he just pull off you know, another product that people are willing to pay a service contract for? Which, for the record, again, anyone under the age of 35, lose the iPhone. Lose the iPhone. Lose the data plan. 120 130 bucks. Wait till it comes down. Get a Costco phone for a dollar. You're much sexier, you're much smarter, and you'll have a lot more money. Again, it's tough for me to say that. I come from money, and I have money, and I feel good about having money. Um, and I would have an iPhone, other than the fact that I find them cheesy and overmarketed and kind of douche-like at this point in time. Um, but people throw a lot of money away on their wireless gadgets. A lot of money. And uh, they break. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Where's my voice? I'm starting to whisper. That was one of my theme shows that got cut on the the floor. It's going to do a whole show like this. It's Rob Black show. 800-345-5639. Take a break here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rob Black. 9-10 a.m. More stimulating talk.
workout music. It's good driving music. Music. I love music. I'll go see your seventh grade kids band performance. Live music's better than TV. Speaking of TV, Super Bowl's coming up in two weeks. You might have heard about it. It's a little football game that they play once a year. One of the big things this year is there's going to be some smaller hopefuls buying commercials. For instance, Electronic Arts. They're not typically what you would think of as a Super Bowl play. Qualcomm, their Flow TV. For the record, doesn't the word Flow kind of creep everyone out in the world? There's just nothing good that's associated with Flow. Heavy Flow, Light Flow, Lava Flow. Nothing good. But Flow TV is hoping the game's audience, which typically tops 90 million people, um, will be good for what they want. It's something that the vast majority of the population is not aware of. Flow TV plans to run a second ad depicting historical events such as Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, coming to buy a remake of The Who's classic My Generation, Black Eyed Peas frontman Will I Am. That's a great first name, isn't it? Will.I.Am. Um, his version includes lyrics that emphasize the different ways in which consumers are demanding content on the go. So, Flow TV by Qualcomm. And again, you go, Qualcomm, aren't they a semiconductor chip company? Uh huh, uh huh. But they've got a network that's powered by their semiconductor chips that they're trying to get people to notice. Let's go to, let's do Bob. How are you, Bob? Bob Goldman, financial planner, hourly financial planner. How are you? True. I, it, I'm, I'm hourly, and this hour I'm good. Good. That's something kind of interesting. A lot of financial planners aren't hourly. A lot of financial planners want a percentage of your assets. Um, and it's just a different market. Both are good. Yep. So, okay. So what do you do for a living, Bob? You're a financial planner. Tell us a little bit about what a financial planner does. Well, a financial planner, I think, does two things. Uh, the basic thing they, they we do is get people from point A to point B, uh, take information about where people are now, and see what it would take to get them to where they want to be. And uh, that involves uh, investing, involves uh, spending, saving, uh, involves just about every aspect of uh, your financial life. Okay. Now, I met you a couple years ago. You're you're pretty active in the community, and you're you're an educator, which I dig. I think that's always a good thing. Thank you. Um, I, I I do. I, I actually do really dig you, and I've sent people your way. Uh, I know. I know. So anyway, you sent out a press release that kind of intrigued me. Top ten financial strategies for 2010. Right. Um, it's still January. It's still 2010. We got 11 more months to go. Give us a couple of the ideas on what's on this list. Well, I, I, uh, I can't take total credit for this. I sent this out in my role as uh, a board member of the San Francisco Financial Planning Association. And that's of more than 600 financial planners, a uh, few of us hourly, others of every different flavor of financial planner. But, you know, in, at the end of the year, there's a zillion top 10 lists of what you're supposed to do. Sure. And it just they make me crazy because I just we're all so busy at the end of the year. So we save our top ten list for the beginning of the year when you're ready for New Year's resolutions and you're full of energy. So generally, there's a couple things. There's a couple of big things that have, that are unique to 2010, and I know you you know discussed them. Sure. Roth, con, Roth conversions, uh, estate tax law changes, uh, home purchase credits. Uh, there's even uh, an insulation credit that's still on this year. So there's a lot of things that are unique to 2010 that I think uh, demand uh, attention. So there's a a good question. As a financial planner, Bob, 
you want people to save, but sometimes you tell them to spend. Like if you're going to spend, maybe spend properly, get the $1,500 in tax credits for putting new windows in your house. And you'll also get better energy. Exactly. But it's $15,000 to put new windows in. It ain't cheap. Well, it, it, you're only going to get 1500 It's true. It's true. And, and I think if there's one thing the last 12 months have, have taught us is the importance of budgeting. You know, there's, I, I mentioned there's some things that are really unique to 2010, but there are also some things that are timeless, like setting a budget, keeping to that budget. Um, I th- also think, by the way, that, in, and this is something we have on our list this year, is that you should put in your budget something fun. You know, it shouldn't be, uh, if you possibly can, not make it a bread and water budget, but a bread and water and occasionally a salami sandwich budget. Yeah, that's not fun. So it actually creates kind of a bitterness towards money. It's a hostile relationship if you never spend it. Exactly. It tends to make you go off budget and and splurge. Uh, So I think another thing that's, I think, really important this year is, you know, we had such a good year in the stock market, ended up really good last year, that I think a lot of people have said, okay, now I can get back to the way I was living before. Uh, But, you know, one of the good things about, maybe the only good thing about what happened last year when everything melted down, was it got us back on a kind of a, a saving, conservative, watch our pennies mode. And even though things are better now, certainly in terms of the stock market, it might be a good idea to stay in that Scrooge-like mode until things really settle down. Scrooge is my favorite movie. Until the end, he ruins it. <laughs> Old guy with lots of money doesn't spend it on on holiday gifts that you kind of quickly forget. Doesn't run up credit cards. Hires employees. Well, I'm a more of an Uncle Scrooge uh, Duck fan than uh, Dickens Scrooge, but I, I take your point. The Scrooge McDuck. Yes. So you like the, the billionaire duck? There's an idol for us. There's a role model. I don't know if we should idolize ducks that are billionaires that, <laughs> that wear top hats and have monocles. And remember, swim in their money bin. Does he have a money bin? Yeah, and I don't he, remember that. He, he swims in it. Isn't there something? Isn't there something in the Bible about God getting angry for uh, relishing false prophets like McScrooge McDuck? I hope not. I hope not. So, Bob, how can people find you? And, and the list that you have is it available? Yes, we're going to post it on the uh, San Francisco uh, uh, financial planning website, which is www.fpasf.org. You, were, you once invited me to an FPA event. I did, and you came. A, am I ever going to be invited back is Probably the question. Not, <laughs> am I too controversial? <laughs> no, you're hardly controversial. Do you're, I swear you're too plus. much? Do I drink too much? <laughs> well, you're, you're a plus. I'm a plus. You're, you're invited back anytime. So people can find this content at www.fpasf.org. F- P-A-S-F.org? Yeah, they, but if, and if they also wanted, they could email me directly. I'm bob at bgplanning.com. BG for Bob Goldman, planning.com. Even easier is bgplanning.com. Yeah, and I'll be happy to send it to them. Thanks, Bob. And you're a good-looking man on your website. Uh, I have a wonderful photographer. Well, you're a good-looking man. I'm (laughs) I'm comfortable saying that. So I'm a good planner, too. I should throw that out there. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Rob. Bye. So it's Bob Goldman. He's a good guy in the world of finance. Let's go to Justin Dublin. Justin? Hey, Rob. So I made some uh, regrettable financial mistakes a couple years ago, racked up. Pretty good amount of credit card debt. I've been slowly uh, paying off as I got more financially responsible, and I'm just I'm itching to get it paid off. But I'm a young guy. I'm only 27. So do the do the negatives of taking a 401k loan outweigh 
the positives or vice versa to pay off this high interest credit card debt? I would not take a 401k loan. Um, okay. Ultimately, why? Yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. And sometimes we're not as disciplined paying it back. And then we kind of get confused that we think we have a piggy bank there and we really don't. Last year, the market went up 60%. If you had taken a loan, you missed 60% upside um, from, the, from the bottom. And it was, it was just a matter of time. Um, I'm not a big fan of misunderstanding your assets and your liabilities. Now, if again, if you're dying in debt, do it. If you're dying, do it. Um, there's no doubt about it. But I would rather you get a second job. I'd rather you look at your budget and say, you know what? I could live without cable television for a couple months. Or I'd rather you say, you know what? I can I can not wine and dine the ladies and, you know, let's go Dutch for a couple months. Um, or there has to be something in your budget that you could accelerate your debt payments with. I think. Okay. So, okay. and again, thanks for the call. Um, Thank you. I would do everything you can not to touch it. Because, again, it's it's like emergency money. I've got emergency money. That It's truly an emergency money. I There's a new 50-inch television I want. I want, I want, I want it so bad. <gasps> I need it. But I can't touch it because it'd have to come out of my emergency money. I want to put some electrical lights up, too. And that's another 8000 bucks. Like So i got to make my priorities. I can't take from my retirement and say, well, I'm not going to fund my retirement this month. No, I fund my retirement each and every month. So anyway, um, long story short, I'd try not to. I understand your desire. Pretty funny comment at my teacher's conference this weekend, and that's why I asked Bob if I was invited back. This is actually pretty funny because sometimes I'll say things that are really, really wrong, like 400 teachers, and honestly, it's, it's 300 women. So I said, I hate Susie Orman. Susie Orman is a whore. She is a media whore. Like, all she wants is media coverage. She'll say stupid things like, pay off your smallest credit uh, first. Yeah, yeah, even if it's 5% and you've got one that's at 35%, pay off the one that's the smaller one. That's wrong. Always pay off the higher interest debt. She's just a media whore. I don't like her in any way, shape, or form. I don't like what she does. I like that she's opened the door for other women. I dig that. I like that she's uh, opened the door for more financial conversation. I dig that. Her financial advice is the worst in the industry. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. We're coming back with Sam. Sam, and um, I'll give you all that information about Bob Goldman again if you want to get that list of top 10 things for 2010. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. The Glenn Beck Program coming up at 12 noon. Now, Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Creepy fan who texts me during the show, Megan. She sends me a text. She goes, um, she's a 20-year-old who's, who's married and has, she says, I even know my baby daddy. I had to explain to a friend of mine once who was my age what Cobra was and how much money it was. It, we live in a society of financially retarded people. And the only reason I use the word retarded is because it's offensive. Because in your head, it instantly brings up mentally retarded even though you know what a flame retarded is, something that stops flames from growing. Financially retarded is something that stops your nest egg from growing. 
people don't know stuff. And I think Megan's right. I got to get back to educating the 20 somethings and 30 somethings. And, you know, maybe I don't need to do a story like Greece. Have you ever been to Greece? <laughs> don't go if you're a young, beautiful woman is my advice. My second piece of advice is that look at it because their debt, Portugal came out today and said the debt in Greece is really troublesome to our budget. So Portugal, which a lot of people don't realize is a country, it's lovely. I once stayed in a city called Sagres. No, it's Lagres. Lagres is right next to Sagres. And Sagres makes beer. And it's a great community in, in Portugal. Fantastic community, in fact. And um, I was taking a train down there. And on the train, these women from, these Portuguese women, they, I, I guess they pre-board the, the, the train knowing that Americans and other travelers are going to come down and they go, stay at our house, stay at our house, stay at our house. We have TV, we have TV. So you don't get a hotel when you're in Sagres or Lagres. You stay at someone's home, and I did. And, you know, in America, we kind of get used to our systems of numbers on houses and things along those lines. Um, I thought I'd be able to find the place because it's a beautiful, beautiful, un-Mediterranean, beautiful place. And everything's – you can live like a king for $5. I had a boot of beer for less than 10 cents, a whole boot. It was made out of glass. It wasn't made out of leather. It's, that's nasty. I want to drink out of someone's boot. Um, sangria all day long. Sunshine, beautiful. All, so anyway – I couldn't figure out which home was mine. I got down to the bottom of the hill and like they have hillside homes. They have a whole town on the hill. And I look up and every house is like, it's the White House with the orange roof. <laughs> Pretty easy to remember, right? Because in America, you don't have that many White Houses with orange roof. So you get down to the bottom of the hill and every freaking house is white with an orange roof. But mine had an octopus hanging in the front yard. It took me two hours to find it in the middle of the night after a day of drinking sangria out of a boot. Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's go to Sam. Sam, how are you? Oh, and back to my point, back to my point real quick before we go to Sam, Greece has problems and Europe should start to get weak. And I throw that out there because everyone's like dollars going low or dollars going lower. I think the euro goes lower. So let's go to Sam. Sam, how are you? Morning, Rob. Morning. Uh, I and a buddy were uh, discussing, uh, he lives in San Jose, I live over here in San Francisco, who has more, which city, San Francisco, San Jose has more clout, more wealth. Who follows who, uh, you know, because over here, I don't know San Francisco, what we're known for, other than, you know, because we got the financial district in San Jose has Silicon Valley and the technology. Uh, just want your opinion on. I don't think I have, I don't think I have a good answer for you. I could, you know, definitely look at the budgets of the two um, cities. I, I'm got deep respect for what Chuck Reed has done in San Jose. I think he's a mayor of the people. He's a Democrat, and I have no problem saying I think he's a great mayor. Um, he gets out there. He shakes people's hands. He he encourages business to come. He, he encourages the arts. Um, Newsom, on the other hand, is just a pretty boy to me, and I can't get over that. So I think San Francisco's got a lot more poverty. I think San Jose's got a lot more wealth. Um, you don't see a lot of homeless people in San Jose, i.e. on the streets. But it's also different because San Jose is, you know, Los Gatos. I mean— if you take a look at the map, San Jose is kind of cheating. San Francisco is stuck with that seven miles by seven miles definition. San Jose is a big damn area. Um, so it's got a little bit more going for it. It's got a lot more homes, single family homes uh, that have huge value. Now, San Francisco has got, you know, a lot of financial transactions. They've got tourism. You know, people don't go, ooh, I want to go to San Jose for their vacation. Then people go, I want to go to San Francisco. Um, I want to leave my heart in the city by the bay. Um, I don't know the two. I don't actually know the comparisons of the two companies. It's a 
interesting question. I don't know if it's relevant to what I'm trying to pull off on the show, but it's interesting nonetheless. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Anheuser-Busch. Here comes the bud. Here comes the bud. It's number one. Do you remember those Super Bowl commercials where you'd see the big Anheuser-Busch thing being pulled by the big Clydesdales? Come on. You have to remember that. Anyway, Stifle Nicholas is talking about it. Anheuser-Busch has been bought by a company called InBev. One of the great American companies has been bought by a foreign company. And you can actually buy shares of the company. It's ticker symbol is ABI. And the consumer environment in Brazil uh, gets picked up in a research note today. I don't – if you buy Anheuser-Busch, you're really, in my opinion, you're buying the fact that we always are going to need cheap beer in our lives, i.e. watered-down beer that – I wouldn't wash my car with. You're basically buying a sin, a sin investment. Good economy, bad economy, people are going to drink. Now, at some point in time, we're going to get to the point where we go, no. Alcohol ruins people so much. It ruins people's lives. Um, but the taxes on it, government loves taxing. I don't think I, I don't think alcohol goes away in our lifetime. So I stand by that. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Big special event coming from Apple on Wednesday. It's going to be the iSlate. I think we all kind of know what's going on there. The question is, is it going to have a wireless component? Is it going to be offered through Verizon? It's a good question. Speaking of, speaking of, where's that voice come from? Speaking of, speaking of Anheuser-Busch, Boston Beer was highlighted in Investor's Business Daily. Now, I don't like Investor's Business Daily for you. I like it for me. To me, it's like People Magazine. It's kind of a nice light read on the airplane that you go, oh, I didn't know this person was dating that person. There's nothing really good for the average person to get out of Investor's Business Daily. In my opinion, I think it does more harm than good. I think it's too light. It's too easy. It's all about financials on a daily basis. I prefer the Wall Street Journal. Better writers, better angles, better depth. Uh, where I guess I could say this about Investor's Business Daily is that it, it's kind of a, a mile wide and an inch deep. I don't think you're going to get a lot out of it. But they did a good profile on Boston Beer. And remember I told you Boston Beer last week? Craft Brewers. They remain resistant to the downturns despite a higher price in liquor stores. So Investor's Business Daily is talking about beer sales usually hold up better than other products during tough times. But even the brewing industry has been flat as consumers were hit hard. The world's biggest beer makers have suffered declines in beer shipments, but the craft brews haven't. So a craft brewer is one that makes less than 2 million barrels a year. Craft brewers produce about 9 million barrels in the United States in 2009. That's up 5% from the year before. Sales are expected to be just shy of $7 billion, up 9% year over year. The sales trends show that consumers are willing to trade up for a better beer and that created solid demand for the product. So Boston beer gets a little bit more love. Now, again, I brought up the story, and I, I just, again, want to continue to pound the story of how to invest. Invest in what you know. I would prefer you buy index funds for most of your life, and on occasion— Stretch your legs. Don't spread your legs. Stretch your legs and buy a beer company that has been around since you were a little boy and buy Procter & Gamble that's made Tampax since you were a little boy and buy a Visa that you understand. But most often stay with indexes. But when you get confident and you get enough money that you can survive a mistake, buy a stock because sometimes you're going to make some mistakes on stocks. So you want to make sure you have enough out there so that one mistake doesn't kill you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up on the show, I'm going to be talking about 
Late night television. But there's an angle here that we can learn from investing. I know you're saying I'm tired of Conan O'Brien. Can't we finish that story? No. I got one more angle on it. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Ahead at noon, Glenn Beck. Now, Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. played it, I was going to say it, and I'm not going to say it, but it's okay to do it. I highly encourage it. A little less stress in your life is a good thing, whether it be with a shower head or whether it be in the privacy of your own home. Speaking of privacy of your own home, sometimes at night I jump on my computer and I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. So <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but I, I I do look good. Anyway, um, where do I go with this? That's what killed Jay Leno. No, no, no. That's not what killed Jay Leno. That's what killed Conan O'Brien. It's me. I killed I killed him. Why is that, you say? And why are you using your high squeaky squirrely voice? I don't know, but I'm, I am. I killed Conan O'Brien. Why do you think that is? Let me ask um, Heidi. Heidi, real quick. Let's see if you can see why I killed Conan O'Brien. And not me literally, but people like me. Heidi producer. Hmm. Thinking, thinking. Thinking, thinking. Um, because instead of watching, I don't know, because I don't know. Well, I, I can tell you that Jay Leno sucks. We're right. both in agreement okay. on that. Right. Um, but Conan O'Brien, I, you know, if I had to pick one, I like him. Right, right. Um, but I think in what, general, late night talk shows, yeah, 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 yeah. maybe we're just not what. Oh, I know, I know. You do. I know the answer. What is, what's it's the answer? It's because you're um, using um, time delayed television viewing. No, 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 no. No, no. Wrong answer. That's eh. what I got. That's all I got. Wait, what's your husband like to watch? Uh, he doesn't really watch TV. Yes, he does. He's, he bought a computer he and he watches it online. He sits on his computer. He, well, he, he lost Comedy Central and he was upset because he watched what? Uh, well, he, we do Netflix oh, and God, we do, no, me. we do Hulu Ooh, and we, that's not what you said to me a couple weeks ago. You well, said that he, he was bitter cause he was missing John Stewart. Right. And so now we watch it on the computer. John Stewart, young and hip, right? Right. And you watch it on the computer. That's right. I like Colbert. So, and I check my email sometimes at 11 o'clock at night. Do you? Of course you do. So we, we've gotten away from the young and hip people are doing, we're, what is the word? Uh, multitasking. We're multitasking. So we're checking email, we're masturbating, we're um, going to Colbert, we're going to, like, we, we do everything we can. We're, some of us are smoking dope and watching Adult Swim cartoons. Some of us are watching ESPN at that point in time who are sports junkies. So there's just too many options. And, and the younger demo, they're going to sit, the older demo is going to sit with Leno. They're sitting in their diapers. They're watching Leno and going, oh, did you just hear that? <laughs> but they're crapping themselves while they're watching Leno. They're, and that's what NBC and CBS is making a huge mistake. They're not figuring out where the kids are because the kids spend money. 
They're figuring out where the old people are who don't spend money. Late night is in a, a huge generational switch. And if they don't start programming for younger people, it's just a death zone. It's like the desert. Vultures are starting to swarm around it. I would be very, very cautious if I were an NBC executive. Because ultimately what you're saying is we're delaying the inevitable. I love Mike Tyson. I miss Mike Tyson so much. He used to say words like inedible. He'd go, it's inedible. Inevitable. He'd say inevitable. And he's talking about this fight that's coming up, and he's inevitably going to be the champion of the world. I'm inevitably going to be. It's like, no, you're not going to be inedibly. But he was so cute. I miss him. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Here's a quick business story for you. Sales are declining for Ericsson. Do you know why sales are declining for Ericsson? Because they suck. When was the last time you bought an Ericsson phone? Anyone? 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 No one. So they're going to cut 1,500 jobs. Uh, last year, they cut 5,000. Profit plunged 82%. They're just not relevant anymore. Not relevant in Central Europe, Africa, the Middle East, where they once had an anchor. You know, Nokia once was a dominant company. Motorola was once a dominant company. Why do I tell you this story? Motorola was the dominant company in the 80s. Nokia was a dominant company in the 90s for phones. Ericsson had its teeny, tiny, teeny, teeny, tiny day. Now, who's the players now? Ten years later, it's Apple and it's it's Google, maybe? Not really. It's Palm a little bit? No, not really. BlackBerry? Yeah, sure. We, we can set with that. Research in motion. Pretty dominant in the enterprise world. Apple? Not so much. What do you think we're going to be in ten years? I, I'll tell you this. It's not going to be Apple. And it's also, I can guarantee you this, it's not going to be BlackBerry. So, history tells me that. I'm not that smart, but Nokia could do no wrong in the 90s. Motorola could do no wrong in the 80s. Where do you think we'll be in 10 years? California okays with $350 million in rebates for installing solar water heaters. Here's the kicker on that. I got a home, and I'd like to install a water heater, solar water heater on it. I'm just too lazy. I'm watching Jay Leno. I'm watching Conan O'Brien. When I watch Jay Leno, I sit in a diaper. I sit in my Depends and I crap myself while I'm watching Leno. Um, I'm just too busy to get the solar stuff, and I don't want to figure it out. Like I want it figured out for me. That makes any sense at all. Music industry. Interesting to always watch how they, they work. Worldwide sales of recorded music fell about 10% last year. Revenue growth from digital music was was up, but it wasn't up as much as it used to be. So the music industry continues to blame digital piracy. You know, here's the truth. Come out with something that's compelling. Come out with something that we truly, truly, truly want. Uh-oh, Heidi's laughing. What are you laughing at, Heidi? Something going on on the blog? Don't laugh. Pay your attention to me, not to the internet. Pay all respects to me, your Lord and Savior, <laughs> in radio. 800-345-5639. So the music industry is saying that, you know, 30% decline in global music sales. They're just not motivating us. But then again, you know, there's a secretary here who's incredibly attractive. And she's incredibly young and incredibly hip. And I go, so what station do you listen to? And she goes, Wild 94, 97, Wild something. And I'm like, I don't get the music. I just don't get it. But they're not buying music. So not as much. So, um, global sales via the internet, mobile phones, and other digital methods rose 12% last year. Digital sources accounted for 27% of the industry. Now, there was one point in time where digital was going to be the savior because CDs were going the way of the dodo bird, right? And if you don't have to actually print it on, you know, a wafer and market it with marketing materials and put it in a sales uh, record store. Remember record stores? 
God, those were the days. Kids today just aren't, they're not going to understand what it was, how cool it was to go to a record store and, and like flip through CDs and flip through albums and make eye contact with that beautiful girl over there and, and flirt and get all nervous and all anxious. Now you just go to iTunes and get what you want, right? So in France, get this, the music industry is so hurt. And for the, wet, for the record, I love the French people. A lot of Americans take that, that idea and say, we don't like the French because they're arrogant. No, all you got to do is say, je ne parle pas français. Uh, and you're done. All you got to say is, I don't speak French. Do you speak English? And of course they speak English and they love you and they endorse you. And the French people, they eat incredibly fatty foods, but they're making their fatty foods with real butter, not faux butter. Um, I love the French people. I love the French people. You know, we, we as Americans, we're just so, uh, what is the word? What is the word? Uptight. We want a cheeseburger when we go to France. Screw it. Try to eat what the French eat. Eat some duck. I don't much care for duck, but I eat duck when I'm in France. Anyway, France, the, the number of domestic artists, down 60%. There's no money in it anymore, so people aren't going in that profession. In Spain, where music sales have collapsed, there were no albums by domestic artists amongst the top 50 sellers last year. So worldwide, the 95% of music downloaded by the internet is pirated. So the music industry continues to focus on, wah, pirating, wah. They got to come up with something compelling. Because the pirating is going to happen. It's always been there. It's always going to be there. Telephone call for P.W. Harmon. Telephone call for P.W. Harmon. Ha 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 Anyone see uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Great movie. Fantastic movie. I know you're saying, now you're giving away your true secrets, Rob. Tim Burton movie. Tim Burton movie. There's a, a scene in it where at the very end he's uh, in a hotel and he's just sitting there. You hear, telephone call for P.W. Harmon. Telephone call for P.W. Harmon. It always made me smile. So 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. How can you be a better investor? Stress less. How can you be a better husband or wife? Stress less. Figure out what important in the world is, is there to stress about. In, in money, you got to cut out your emotions. You got to cut out your fees and you're done. That's why I don't like annuities. They're high fee product. It comes down to that. Annuity, an annuity could like... Give me a head massage. It can tickle me in places that I like to be tickled. It can love me in ways that I've never been loved. But I don't like it because it's got high fees. Period. Period, 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 period. So to be a good investor, you got to cut your emotions. you got to cut your fees. It's that simple. If you buy high and sell low, you're hurting yourself. By buying high and selling low, mutual fund investors, for instance, lost $42 billion more than they should have during the 12-month period that ended last May. People panicked. They got scared. I remember doing the show, you know, we started in March at the market bottom and people were freaked out. Now people are like, what can I buy? What can I buy? What can I buy? Humans are wired to organize facts around stories. That's the truth. The internet bubble is fueled by a fable that the web would lead to an unending explosion of commerce. The explosion in real estate speculation that began in early 2000s was firmly built on the same idea. Stories of people getting rich as property prices rose every year, replicated and spread around like viruses. Let's go to John in Oakland. Bob. John? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I really enjoy your show. Big fan. Um, but, but, but here's a, the but. But, no, no, I have, I have a, a relevant question. Um, I'm sure every listener is wondering... How much money do you have? Millions. Be more specific? More than one, less than ten. Okay. That's my only question. Is that all? 
Yeah, I just, you know, I want to know, you know, what you're, uh, you know, who you are. Do you have Rob Black envy? <laughs> you want to know All how right. many women I've been with? Yeah, can you tell me that? More than one, less than a million. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, right? So, yeah. Do you want to know what if I have a dog or a cat? <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> I gotcha. So you really don't care. You're just a money-driven, greedy person. Let's talk to you, John. How much money do you got? I have more than one dollar and less than ten million dollars. That's a, okay. That's a good scope. That's good. Yeah. Do you have a dog? Yeah. I do. Do you love your dog? No. Do you give your dog human food? No. Do you take your dogs for a walk? Yes, I do. Is dog a euphemism for something else? <laughs> no. No. Uh, all right, man. Well, I appreciate uh, taking my call. I really big fan. I hope you uh, stay on past Thursday. Okay? It's actually I got the calendar wrong. I couldn't read the calendar right. I actually oh. have another week after this week. All right. Well, good. good yeah. Me. Well, thanks for calling, John. All right. So he he truly cares about me, and I got to know him, and he got to know me. And we're a happy family. Barney. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Tomorrow I'm going to do some some of the basics. Some of the basics on insurance. Some of the basics on investing. Kind of reschool you a little bit. Get you back to where you need to get. Get you a little center of the universe going in money. It's really important to get there. Coming up next, Glenn Beck. Can't miss him on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com